0: everybody, Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I want to thank Richie Z and the great WPHT for sitting in, was celebrating a sweet Rosh Hashanah last night with the family and friends at dinner, but I'm back. And it appears, Mr. Producer, that I've been all over the media. Did you notice that? Oh, yes, all over the media. And the funny thing about the media is 98% of it lied. Even lied about my appearance, lied about the whole issue. Before we dig into all these things, let me just say emphatically this is the biggest nothing on the face of the earth. The transcript of the president and his phone call with the president of Ukraine. ...is nothing. Nothing. The complaint filed by the CIA operative... ...who shouldn't have been a whistleblower... ...his complaint shouldn't have been treated as a whistleblower complaint... ...prior to a few days or a few weeks... ...before his filing... ...and this secret anonymous person... ...who's now the most noblest person on the face of the earth... ...just like Blasey Ford... Just like Anita Hill, you know, down the list. It's appalling. You know, folks, this is our government. This is our country. These are our branches of government. And isn't it funny the Democrats call for transparency? But they're going to hold back their witness until they can create this, this big, dramatic moment. This is all being choreographed. It's all been choreographed. There's literally nothing here. But first I want to talk about the media. I cannot tell you how right on I was when I wrote Unfreedom of the Press. It's about, you don't have to buy it, don't buy it as a matter of fact, just let me talk about what's in it how those entrusted with news reporting in the modern media are destroying freedom of the press from within not government oppression or suppression not president trump's finger pointing but present day newsrooms and journalists indeed social activism progressive group thing democrat party partisanship opinion and propaganda passed off as news the staging of pseudo events self censorship Bias by omission and outright falsehoods are too often substituting for old-fashioned objective fact-gathering and news reporting. A self-perpetuating and reinforcing mindset has replaced independent and impartial thinking, and the American people know it. So the credibility of the mass media has never been lower. Never been lower. And they deserve it. They've done it. The purpose of Unfreedom of the Press was to jumpstart a long overdue and hopefully productive dialogue among the American citizenry on how best to deal with the complicated issue of the media's collapsing role as a bulwark of liberty, the civil society, and republicanism ranging from the early newspapers and pamphlets promoting the principles set forth in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, to the subsequent party press and transparent allegiance to one party or the other, to the progressive approach of so-called professional reporting and the ideologically driven advocacy press of today, which I've been calling the Democrat Party Press. And unlike the early patriots, today's newsrooms and journalists are mostly hostile to America's founding principles, traditions, and institutions. They don't promote free speech and press freedom, despite their self-serving and self-righteous claims. In fact, they serve as societal filters attempting to enforce uniformity of thought and social and political activism, centered on the progressive ideology and agenda. Issues, events, groups, and individuals who do not fit the narrative, are dismissed or diminished. And you can see it all week long. Those that do not fit the narrative are elevated and celebrated. Those that do fit the narrative are elevated and celebrated. Of course, this paradigm greatly influences the culture, the government, and the national psyche. It defines a media-created reality, whether or not it has a basis in true reality, around which individuals organize their thoughts, beliefs, and in some cases, their lives. Yet there is mystery and opacity that surround all of it. And if one dares to question or criticize the motives and work product of this enterprise, or aspects of it, that is, the reporting by one or more newsrooms, the response is often knee-jerk and emotionally charged. With the Inquirer, critic portrayed as hostile to press freedom, and the collective media circling the wagons around themselves. its exactly what's happened. It bears remembering that the purpose of a free press, like the purpose of free speech, is to nurture the mind, communicate ideas, challenge ideology, share notions, inspire creativity, and advocate and reinforce America's founding principles. That is to contribute to a vigorous, productive, healthy, and happy individual into a well-functioning civil society and republic. Is that what's going on? Moreover, the media are to expose official actions aimed at squelching speech and communication. But when the media function as a propaganda tool for a single political party and ideology, they not only destroy their own purpose, but threaten the existence of a free republic. It is surely not for the government to control the press, and yet the press seems incapable of policing itself. We must remember, we are not merely observers, we are the citizenry. We are the people for whom this nation was established and for whom it exists in order to form a more perfect union. Establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Must demand a media worthy of our great republic. And we begin this process by helping to expose them. So we want to spend a little more time on this. Because you can see the mob, the PAC mentality, the group think. Extraordinarily Aggressive. What do we mean by a free press or freedom of the press? What is the purpose of a free press? What kind of information is it supposed to report? Is it to intercept or analyze information? What is the news? How are decisions made about what is newsworthy and what is not? What is a news organization? A blogger? A weekly newspaper? A conglomerate? A television network? What's a journalist? What qualifies someone as a journalist? Experience, education, position, self-identification? And what's their job? Is journalism a profession? Are there standards? Are journalists able to be fair or objective? Well, frankly, today these questions don't matter. They're rarely asked, let alone rationally discussed. They're infrequently the subject of an open or public media circumspection or focused and sustained national debate seems the so-called media loath to investigate or explore the media, except, of course, Fox and conservative talk radio. But when the conduct of the media is questioned as biased, politically partisan, or otherwise irresponsible, they insist they are of one mission, fidelity to the news and all that stems from it, protecting society from autocratic government, defending freedom of the press and contributing to societal civility and justice. And they typically claim to pursue and report the news free from any personal or political agenda. But that's a lie. A straight-up lie. You may recall, as I've talked about it, 70 years ago, there was the last serious self-examination of the media. The Commission on Freedom of the Press was organized in 1942, by Time and Life magazine publisher Henry Luce Luce, to explore whether freedom of the press was in danger and the proper function of the media in modern democracy. Its report was issued five years later in 1947, and it concluded in part that freedom of the press was indeed in danger, and for three basic reasons. First, and I quote, "...the importance of the press to the people has greatly increased. The development of the press as an instrument of mass communication." At the same time, the development of the press as an instrument of mass communication has greatly decreased the proportion of the people who can express their own opinions and ideas through the press. In other words, it's becoming ideologically monopolistic. Second, the few who are able to use the machinery of the press as an instrument of mass communication have not provided a service adequate to the needs of society. And third, those who direct the machinery of the press have engaged from time to time in practices which the society condemns, and which, if continue, will inevitably undertake to regulate or control. They said the modern press itself is a new phenomenon. Its typical unit is the great agency of mass communications. They can stifle, they can advance the progress of civilization, but they can thwart it. They can debase and vulgarize mankind. They can endanger the peace of the world. They can do so accidentally in fit of absence of mind. They can play up or down the news and its significance, foster and feed emotions, create complacent fictions and blind spots, misuse the great words, and uphold empty slogans. Their scope and power increasing every day as new instruments become available to them. And these instruments can spread lies faster and farther than our forefathers dreamed when they enshrine the freedom of the press in the First Amendment to our Constitution. And this commission cautioned, and I quote, with the means of self-destruction that are now at their disposal. Men must live, if they are to live at all, by self-restraint, moderation, and mutual understanding. They get their picture of one another through the press. The press can be inflammatory, sensational, and irresponsible. If it is and its freedom will go down in the universal catastrophe. On the other hand, the press can do its duty by the new world that is struggling to be born. It can create a world community by giving men everywhere knowledge of the world and of one another by promoting comprehension and appreciation of the goals of a free society that shall embrace all men. But our press, ladies and gentlemen, is destroying our freedoms, and a free society. Look what it's doing to us. Look what it's encouraging and motivating. Newsrooms and journalists have done a very poor job of beholding the tenets of their profession and ultimately have done severe damage to press freedom. Many millions of Americans, and it's growing, do not respect them or trust them as credible, fair-minded, and unbiased news sources. Most who do are Democrats. Most who don't are Republicans. That's because they've taken sides. It's abundantly clear. They've taken sides. That Commission on Freedom of the Press had specifically emphasized that the media must pay special attention to the difference between fact and opinion. They said of equal importance with reportorial accuracy or the identification of fact as fact and opinion as opinion. And their separation so far as possible. This is necessary all the way from the reporter's file up through the copy and makeup desks and editorial offices to the final published product. The distinction cannot, of course, be made absolute. There's not fact without a context and no factual report which is uncolored by the opinions of the reporter. But modern conditions require greater effort than ever to make the distinction between fact and opinion. And yet, ladies and gentlemen, There is no such distinction in our newsrooms anymore. There's not. Having ignored the blurring warning of the commission, the media have knowingly commingled fact and opinion and have, in fact, regularly taken up the policies and causes of the Democratic Party. So the public's attitude toward the modern media is divided largely along ideological and party lines now. Survey after survey proves the point. Now there's a so-called more modern journalism. And yet the commission warned about this. The commission ended its report thusly, said the character of the service required of the American press by the American people differs from the service previously demanded. First in this, it is essential to the operation of the economy and to the government of republics. Second, Say a service of greatly increased responsibilities both as to the quantity as to the quality of the information required. In terms of quantity, the information about themselves and about their world made available to the American people must be as extensive as the range of their interests and concerns as citizens of the self-governing industrialized community and closely integrated modern world. In terms of quality... The information provided must be provided in such a form and with such scrupulous a regard for the wholesomeness of the truth and the fairness of its presentation that the American people may make for themselves by the exercise of reason and conscience the fundamental decisions necessary to the direction of their government and their lives. People are wringing their hands today as they were yesterday as they were the day before. What's going on here? It boggles the mind. What's going on here has gone on. We do not have a free press in this country. We have an ideologically driven, Democrat party, partisan, progressive, social activism press that is working against the founding principles of this country and working against the people of this country. More when I return. Liberty and learning. In a healthy democracy, these two things are mutually supportive. In America today, however, that bond is broken. To help repair the breach, Hillsdale College has launched the Van Andel Graduate School of Government in the nation's capital. And unlike other graduate programs, Hillsdale teaches politics as a human activity oriented toward justice, a series of choices guided in the best case by right principles, but made in ever-changing circumstances that require prudence to achieve the best attainable results. Hillsdale's curriculum combines the careful reading of primary sources and serious historical inquiry. Students learn how to apply the principles of free government and advance the cause of constitutionalism in the context of ever-changing circumstances. Hillsdale's new Van Andel School of Government is a program unlike any other in Washington, D.C. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no diversity of thought at CNN or MSNBC or the New York Times or the Washington Post or the rest. There is at Fox. You have a lot in the newsroom, a lot of these folks who could just as easily work for CNN or MSNBC or the Washington Post. And that really is true to form. And then you have others who don't pretend to be journalists, who give their opinions. The evening lineup is a perfect example. Hannity, Carlson, Ingram and others. And it's interesting. They're the ones that get the ratings. They're the ones that carry the channel. They're the ones the advertisers advertise on. Groupthink, the American Institute of the Press, the American Press Institute cautioned there's such a bias that used to be called pack journalism. It's been called groupthink. It's the storyline that the press corps en masse is telling or repeating. A modern term for it is the master narrative. That's what you see, the Democrat Party in the press, the Democratic Party press, as I called it in Chapter 3. I'll be right back. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Primus Welcome to Hillsdale. In a world of pathetic
1: liberal potholes, he's a truck full of hot constitutional asphalt. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811.
0: Now, I was invited on Fox and Friends Sunday, and my segment went on for over 13 minutes. And when I was done, I got a lot of responses, people thanking me. But then there was a whole other world out there, the world of The View, the world of Stephen Colbert, the usual Democrat left-wing websites, twisting what took place. And so we're going to go through this a little bit, not because it's me, but because it's a perfect example of what I just read to you. And in the next two hours, we're also going to unravel all the lies that have been told about this president and this phone call and so forth going forward. This is not a House impeachment inquiry, ladies and gentlemen, since the House didn't vote on it. It's the Democrat Party impeachment inquiry. And I see Newt Gingrich is calling it a coup d'etat. Newt, welcome. Welcome. I started the line, Silent Coup, two and a half years ago. It's been picked up by every backbencher and everybody else since, even though, again, I took heat for that. But that's exactly what it is. But it's not a House impeachment inquiry. It's the Democrat Party impeachment inquiry. They have hijacked the House of Representatives. They have hijacked the budget. They have changed the procedures to make it impossible for Republicans to issue subpoenas or to conduct depositions that they want to conduct. It's just a complete mob, mob like in the mafiosa mob operation. That's what it is. That phone call is of no consequence whatsoever. That's why they keep referring back to the non-whistleblower CIA operatives document. And I really get frustrated with the moronic tactics of the likes of Chuck Grassley. It comes to the defense of an individual whom he doesn't even know, whose secrecy he believes should apply, even though he's trying to bring down a President of the United States. Chuck Rasley doesn't have a clue what's going on around him, and neither do most of the Republicans in the Senate, including Mitch McConnell. This is a complete setup. They didn't get it on the Russia collusion, they didn't get it with Kavanaugh, and they don't get it now. It's a complete setup from beginning to end. And there's nothing there And I don't know about you, Mr. Grassley, but when my grandfather fought at Iwo Jima and Guam and when my great uncle fought at Guadalcanal and all these men and women all over the country fought in one war or another, they didn't believe we should leave it to a so-called whistleblower whose identity we don't know until Congress decides we should know it after they choreograph his appearance for him to determine who the President of the United States should be. So get the hell off your high horse and start paying attention to what's going on around you and act like a serious senator who has a serious responsibility. Either you come to the defense of this country or you don't. I don't give a damn if you like Trump or not, Senator Grassley, or any of the rest of you. The How good have you guys done in Congress? Six to 30 years, 42 years, 36 years. Good Lord, get a life for God's sakes. Stuck in the mud. You know, I've got ten hours worth of program here and I've got to keep it within three hours plus commercials, so let's get going. About three, three and a half minutes in, I really want to play you the first part also. We'll see if we have time later. This is where Ed Henry asked me a question that is an utterly dishonest question. I have nothing personal against Ed Henry. As a matter of fact, I've had nothing for affection for the man. But if you're going to be a journalist, then be a journalist. If you want to work at CNN, work at CNN. Again, nothing personal. But as I explained, there's diversity of viewpoint at Fox. There's the uh, newsroom types, for the most part, who are no different than other newsroom types, whether they work at the Washington Post or New York Times and so forth. They're mostly of the progressive Democrat Party mindset. Now, look, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, so people shouldn't be upset with me at Fox or anywhere else. And I know the left will look at this as an opportunity. Many articles are written about how people at Fox are fighting with one another. You won't find that at CNN or MSNBC or in the New York Times or the Washington Post because they're all a bunch of robots who think exactly the same way, who write exactly the same stuff. Which is exactly the problem. So when you see disagreements of opinion, that's actually a strength for a a, uh, media operation. The weakness is, newsrooms are supposed to be dealing in objective truth and fact. And they aren't. And when you saw the grilling of one Republican after another, one Trump official after another, one individual who was defending the president or didn't oppose the president after another by these various so-called journalists and hosts and anchors, you could see it right there. They got into arguments with them as if they worked for Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or the left, because many of them have. Cut to, Mr. Producer, go.
2: Mark, on that point, so you spent about five minutes on the process and attacking Nancy Pelosi. Let's get to the substance. You said she. I should spend a year on it, my friend. friend. I I know you can. Here's here's my question, very simply. Um, You say that Nancy Pelosi's been lawless. The Democrats say the president is lawless, and they hold up this transcript. So let's get at the substance of their charge and whether or not something went wrong in the Oval Office. Go for it.
0: Well, you know, Ed, I've been watching you and a lot of reporters, and you haven't once asked for the identity of the so-called whistleblower. Why is that?
2: I want to know the identity. of I, Well, I, I want to you know mean.
0: the identity. Shouldn't
2: the, well, who's asking well, for it? the have pointed Ameri- on now, Hold Mark on now. that it's secondhand information. And so we'll That's find
0: out who it is. That's not the same thing, Ed. It's not the same thing as saying. Let me do it this way. I'm an American citizen. If this CIA operative is going to be the guy that brings down my president, I want to know all about him. I want to know what kind of dogs they have, how many marriages they've had, if they have a DUI. I want to know if they're a partisan. I want to know everything, like they do with with, with everybody else, the media. I want to know, this guy should be cross-examined. What kind of a, a situation is this? We're going to bring down a president of the United States, and the Democrats are telling us we can't identify this guy, because his life might be in danger and then everybody swings around his memo like it's the bible I have a lot of questions about his memo I don't need press people interpreting it for me I can read it myself I want to question this person about his memo and as you've been told everybody now for the last two days why is it that the CIA changed its whistleblower policy in August when this letter is dated August 12th under the former policy before august under the former policy he's not a whistleblower this isn't a whistleblower complaint and nothing sent to the united states congress how did that happen like this those are all fair questions
2: so let's get to the point then what happened in the oval office on that call was it illegal or not
0: well, we know it's not
2: illegal. What crime was violated? Can you name one? I'm not naming them. I'm saying others have suggested. Nobody's
0: naming them. But well, I, it's no, no. not about still, me. Have na- Hold on, Ed. Ed. It's not about me. It's not illegal. The question is what, whether Biden did something illegal. The president didn't do anything illegal. You know how I know? Because Nancy Pelosi's been on every TV show and she can't cite one section of the United States Code where it's illegal. My question is, why is Joe Biden above the law? Why is his son above the law? Where is Hunter Biden today? Where is the meat? Don't they want to know? Don't they want to know if the leading contender for the Democrat nomination is a crook? And if his son is a crook? Again, I have no animus towards Ed Henry. He's actually personally a very, very nice guy, and he's been through a lot with his sister. It has nothing to do with that. But you can see how this engagement took place. Cut three, go. What do we know about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden? Zero. So you're okay Zero. with a president about, asking another now. president on. to dig up dirt on. on a
2: candidate? You're okay with that?
0: Oh, Stop there. That was an unbelievable, inaccurate statement. Folks, we have the public transcript. You have the public transcript. I've read the entire public transcript to you. It's not like the good old days for the media where there's no internet and they can get away with comments like that. There's no, the word dirt doesn't even appear in the transcript. The president didn't ask them to dig out dirt. He asked them to find out what took place. Joe Biden's been very open about this. He didn't ask them to dig up dirt at all. So why would he say that? But he did. Go
2: ahead candidate what dirt are you talking about he, the president of the united states i'm not saying this was illegal are but i'm you asking you say, this is are you okay right. with a president asking his counterpart this is a simple yes or no to dig up dirt on former vice president joe biden and his son are you okay with that
0: first of all your question is not honest so i don't give yes That's or no a quote qu- answers from the to transcript to, let me now stop it. it's not a quote from anything except other journalists and democrats And you see, this is what the media that covered this discussion between Henry and Levin keep ignoring and purposely are ignoring because it doesn't support their narrative. They're not quoting the transcript. They're pushing an agenda. They're pushing a narrative. Remember what I said earlier this hour. It's the Democrat Party press. And even people who are not necessarily Democrats they are pressured to conform, to perform for other journalists, to perform for other media outlets, and that's what they're doing. Again, I'm not talking about Ed in particular, but that's what they're doing. But there's no way I'm going to sit there on national TV when I'm asked a question that has no connection to, a, to facts and no connection to what actually is in the public printed transcript. That's never going to happen. Go ahead. have all morning. I have two minutes. It's not an honest question. That, show me in the transcript where the president said that. Well, I don't have it in front of Nowhere. me, but there's a
2: whole Nowhere, paragraph Ed. where what he the, asked about hold on, Joe Biden. Ed.
0: Hold on. I'm it's really not a trying question. to question. He the asked about people. Joe Biden,
2: and the president said. So,
0: what he asked about okay, Joe me Biden? He, he said allowed to a, a lot ask about, about Joe
2: are, Biden? The president said a lot of people are wondering about the former vice president and his son's business deal. That's all I'm saying. There's no hidden it's question. It's actually there. not the way so he is put it either. What okay. you ought to okay? do is.
0: Ed, what you ought to do is rather than restating it, put a graphic up and read it. That said okay, we'll do it. What's the problem Ed? What's the problem with it? I didn't say there was a problem. I said Neither that did I.
2: Okay.
0: It's what do you mean why is it okay? There's a lot of things. the question isn't proven negative. The question is it's not illegal, it's not immoral, it's not unethical, and if you guys in the media would do your damn job and ask Joe Biden and Hunter Biden what the hell's going on, maybe the president wouldn't have to raise the issue. Mm-hmm. And there's a little more after that, but nothing you can't find on my social sites, on Facebook and uh, on Twitter. We have the entire clip, if you wish to listen to it, and uh, I think you should. And then I want you to hear some of the commentary after the fact. Megan McCain, on The View. Absolute ignoramus. Absolute buffoon. And you know, If a woman had acted like these guys, you know, like Mark Levin and the others, we'd be called bitches. I don't know how genitalia got into the middle of this, but there it is, the view. Apparently genitalia is a big deal there. I don't know. I don't watch that stupid show. It doesn't mean anything to me. Five screaming people. But there's Meghan McCain, who hates Trump. Her family hates Trump. McCain hated Trump. John McCain... So she holds animus there. But notice the entire clip wasn't played there either. It's just too long, you see. If you're going to comment on it, we need to cherry pick it. Apparently she believes, Megan McCain, that it's okay for a journalist to project their own opinion into a public transcript that doesn't say what the journalist said. That's okay with her. And then if somebody objects While the journalist keeps pressing the point and continues to object, then there's something wrong with him. No, there's something wrong with her. I could say more, but it's not worth it. I'll be right back. You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions, locked in the grip of political correctness. They no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. Now, as Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of Liberty. See, there's, there's no hostility by me. None, whatsoever. None. On the other hand, I believe in being accurate. Meghan McCain is welcome to come on this program and explain herself. And I'll explain myself. She's free. Public invitation to come on this program and have a debate about this. Happy to do it. Instead, we get something like this. Cut five, go. Can I
2: just mm-hmm. say one more thing that really bothered yeah. me again? Because I was like stuck in my living room. just I couldn't unpook myself. I was like an addict getting <laughs> hits from each cable news wow. show. Because I, yeah. I, it was fa- it is a fascinating moment in time right yeah, now. It was, but it was, I will say, it was. if any of the women on this show behaved the way some of the men were behaving, we would be hysterical, maniac, crazy b all over the Internet. And these guys get away yeah. with the yeah, And the way some of these men are being covered and the way we're covered in the media, yep. I was furious. I was like, if you look edit-
0: up uh, Megan, just because you have psychological issues, don't project that onto me. My wife watched you. My mother-in-law watched you and they couldn't stand you. And they both share your. Well, they're both women. And there's a lot of women out there who can't stand you. That's OK. It's nothing personal with me. I don't know how this turned into a sexism thing. But next time, put your stiletto away, come on my program, and let's have a true debate and discussion. You know, you used to be considered a fairly well respected person. I don't know what happened to you. Obviously something did. You give a shout out to Jake Tapper and Ed Henry and Chris Wallace and George Stephanopoulos. Sound like a kook. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. This rogue CIA operative who was at the White House was the third spy. The third spy that was used to try and destroy this president, two spies were implanted into the Trump campaign by the senior level of the FBI, you'll recall. Now we have this spy. No wonder John Brennan, the former head of the CIA, in a complete flunky and fruc- and, uh, I better not say that, dump. A complete flunky. No wonder he was praising him. But we're not allowed to know anything about this guy unless... There's a deal with the Democrats. There's no deal with the Republicans. The Republicans have no say in the House, just so you understand. The rules have all been changed. Just so you know. No role in subpoenas, no role in depositions. The Democrats make all the decisions. That's why it's the Democrat Party impeachment. And yes, coup d'etat, not the House impeachment inquiry. So have the CIA agent spying on Trump, never saw the transcript of the telephone call. Must have tried to get it, though, because he was very upset that it had moved to a classified, secured server, so he couldn't get his hands on it. I was asked about that, too. Ladies and gentlemen, the president can assert executive privilege, and he would have won over a telephone call with a foreign leader. Doesn't matter where he put the document. Could have put it under his mattress. Could have put it in a cigar box. Could have put it anywhere. Ultimately, that's what he could have done. Asserted executive privilege. But of course he released it. Just as he released all the information and witnesses to Mueller. To Mueller. And so, this circus, this Stalin-type star chamber activity is being done by the democrat party but when you're trying to impeach a president of the united states that involves we the people we have every right to know who this guy is and they're choreographing this thing you know they're building it up that his life was threatened but his life wasn't threatened was it mr producer they said he was in federal protection 60 minutes said he was in federal protection But he wasn't in federal protection, was he, Mr. Producer? And yet, 60 Minutes said he was put under protection by the federal government. Never happened. In fact, one of the lawyers for the rogue CIA agent had to issue a statement correcting 60 Minutes. We never said that our client was put under federal protection. And CBS would not relent. They had a half withdrawal. That's it. They wouldn't relent. Because there are no standards anymore. There's no profession anymore. It's all about advocacy. The New York Times had a breaking story the other day. The President of the United States put the shoulder on Australia. To dig up dirt, don't you know. That's not what happened. As you've heard a hundred times by now in the last 24 hours, the Attorney General of the United States and this U.S. attorney from Connecticut are investigating the lead up to the appointment of the special counsel. They're investigating official government corruption of the sort we've never seen in this country. They want to know what took place. They're not allowed to. You see, he's corrupt, Barr, because he's trying to help Trump. And everybody's corrupt because they're all trying to help Trump. They're not trying to get to the truth, You Isn't it amazing? Trying to get to the truth helps Trump, which is a fact. And now we learn from the Department of Justice, among others, that the New York Times was all washed up, as it always is. Because it's not a newspaper. It's a propaganda corporation pushing an agenda. The Attorney General asked the President of the United States to make some of these calls to create a uh, a pathway for the Attorney General and or his people to speak to the appropriate people in these countries, whether it's Australia, Ukraine, other countries, to conduct this investigation. So there's nothing here. Zero. He didn't mention Joe Biden, eight times on the phone call, like was originally reported by the Wall Street Journal, zero. There was no quid pro quo, as was originally reported by NBC and CNN. There was no quid pro quo. None of this is true. And nothing terrible happened. Nothing. Which is why. The Democrat Party media must put words in our mouths and words in the president's mouth and must rewrite the transcript or hyper-focus and obsess over a sentence or three words to try and project their inferences and their beliefs into it. And in this, they intend to impeach the president of the United States. This is as bogus as it gets. There is literally nothing here. Nothing. Zero. Well, he tried to interfere with the election, did the president. Actually, he didn't. That's not what he told the president of the Ukraine. Look, the president of the United States had no reason to believe that his phone call, which was being listened into by these usual monitors, that's the routine that the transcript of the combined notes would be provided to anybody. It's never been done before. So he may have thought, look, I can get away with saying, I want you to go after Biden. In exchange for that, you'll get your military aid. I want you to get dirt on Biden. This is why it was so outrageous when the question was presented to me this way. He never said that. Didn't even come close to that. And then I think to myself, what, is Biden above the law? The New York Times does a report and basically then drops it. Biden's out there bragging about what he did. The Democrat liars are all over the place saying this was investigated and the Ukrainians dropped it. No, it wasn't. They trashed the hell out of the prosecutor that Biden demanded get fired. Everybody hates this guy. He's corrupt. That's not true either. Now, here's the problem. This is all being done to drive down the president's support. To drive it down. This isn't an impeachment inquiry. Voted on by the House of Representatives. Because something horrible has been done. This is a Democrat party inquiry. Dressed up as an impeachment inquiry. Which has as its purpose. To create a pretext. Where none exists. A pretext where none exists. And the media just keep at at it. Then you get complete fools. Like Chuck Grassley. A complete fool. About the CIA agent, here's what he writes. He puts out this press statement today. This person appears to have followed the whistleblower protection laws and ought to be heard out and protected. He is protected. What are you talking about? We should always work to respect whistleblowers' request for confidentiality. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. When some guy abuses the whistleblower law, when he and his lawyers scheme and probably Democrats and the House Intelligence Committee and and Schiff and his staff, when they're all scheming on how to do this, there you got dummy Grassley up there defending them. Not a clue, this guy. Even his 25-watt light bulb doesn't light up. That's right, I'm talking to you, Grassley. You jerk. Any further media reports on the whistleblower's identity don't serve the public interest. Yes, it does. The public wants to know all about this guy. If he's going to bring down a president, even if the conflict sells more papers or attracts clicks, I don't know what the hell that means. No one should be making judgments or pronouncements without hearing from the whistle. So you and I... Shouldn't be making any comments about this guy. Obviously, somebody who viewed himself as a spy, trying to get a hold of the transcript. Then he's concerned it's classified, he can't get a look at it. Interviewing people, citing newspaper articles, almost none of it is first-hand knowledge. And Grassley says, hey, look, this is a good guy. And you shouldn't pass any judgment. And he should be protected. That is, we should never know his identity. What kind of an ass is this? Isn't this a democracy? No one should be making judgments or pronouncements without hearing from the whistleblower first and carefully following up on the facts. What facts? They're all secondhand. Notice, Chuck. Notice, Chuck, that none of the people who had firsthand knowledge filed anything. Chuck, when it comes to whether someone qualifies as a whistleblower, The distinctions being drawn between first and second-hand knowledge aren't legal ones. Listen to this guy. Written by a staffer. Just not part of whistleblower protection law or any agency policy. All right, that's good to know. So all you conservatives in the bureaucracy, you should feel free to use hearsay information in newspaper articles. Make sure they're very well lawyered to become a whistleblower and file your complaints. And I want to encourage all conservatives at the EPA at HHS, who are burrowed in in these massive bureaucracies where you're a small minority, I want you to feel free to use second-hand information, hearsay, and newspaper articles to file complaints now and forever. It is Chuck Grassley and his ilk who are destroying the whole concept of a whistleblower. Complaints based on secondhand information should not be rejected out of hand. Well, it wasn't rejected out of hand. Here's the problem, Chuck, and you may not care about this, but the rest of the country does, at least those of us who believe in this country. He checked the box that his information was first-hand, and then he states in his complaint that most of his information is secondhand. Does that bother you, Chuck? Doesn't bother Chuck. He's a whistleblower, self-identified. Noble, like an illegal alien. Better than anyone else. Whatever he says goes. Don't you dare question this person. Don't you cross-examine them. No, 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 no. Whatever this person says must be embraced. Must be embraced. It's the president who must be trashed and smeared. It's the president who cannot be believed. But this guy but look how this guy conducted himself, ladies and gentlemen. Slimeball. Sneaking around in the shadows. Look how he conducted himself. And the inspector general tonight, another big story blockbuster, wants a meeting with with the Democrats and Republicans on the intelligence committees and their staffs. Something's up. The Democrats have finally found an inspector general they like. And by the way, you remember when Obama was president? He was trashing inspectors general. He kept agencies without inspectors general. Ah, no problem. We never heard much from Chuck about that. Certainly not from Adam Schiff. No, 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 no. That's fine. No big deal. Virtually every news report you've received has been a lie. And a piece of propaganda. Virtually everyone. letter from the Australian official emerges, that cast doubt on a report from the New York Times, Daily Wire they said we came to the President in the United States he didn't come to us oh, well let's just move along here we'll just move along it won't matter you see much fight in the Senate Republicans ladies and gentlemen, you see this guy Grassley, loser, lost cause disgrace. The republic's under attack. The presidency's under attack. Nancy Pelosi violated the historical norms and a very, very important process that's supposed to take place, a vote on the floor of the House before she can declare that the House is conducting an impeachment inquiry. That's why the House is not. And this is the reaction from Grassley. We're going to hold up the uh, traditions and the norms of this institution. No, you're not. You're burning the place down. You're just too stupid to know it. I'll be right back. Much Lovin'. 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's L E V I N dot ncom or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Listen to the language that's used by the so-called journalists and reporters. House impeachment. Inquiry. There is no House impeachment inquiry. It's a Democrat Party inquiry. Congressional committees want to know. No, congressional committees don't want to know. The Democrats on congressional committees are calling the shots. The Republicans have no say whatsoever. Congressional investigators, they're not congressional investigators. They're Democrat investigators. Congress issued subpoenas. No, Congress didn't issue subpoenas. The House didn't issue subpoenas. Democrats issued subpoenas. The Republicans have no say in this. They're reading about it in the newspaper. Committees want to talk to State Department officials. No, committees don't want to talk to State Department officials. Democrats are pursuing all of this. It's just amazing the, the, amazing, the propaganda that we're getting from the Democrat Party press, is it not? You really need to think these things through and, and unravel them. And now, you know what the hot news is tonight? Two of them said they're going to speak to them. That is, two of the so-called State Department officials are going to speak to them. Breaking news! Now, what is that? Come on now, you're Levinites. It's a pseudo-event. It's a non-issue. It's a non-story. It's a pseudo-event. It's not news. It doesn't matter in terms of newsworthiness. So issuing subpoenas... Congress issued, Congress didn't issue anything. The House hasn't done anything. They're not conducting themselves in proper order and following the usual procedures. And you know, we're told by John Carl and George Stephanopoulos of ABC News. How the hell is John Ste- uh, uh, George Stephanopoulos a, a journalist? Can anybody justify that? Of course not. But they're saying the fact that the president is demanding to identify the whistleblower, that can be an impeachable offense. These people are drunk on their own stupidity. They are drunk on their own stupidity. There is no way George Stephanopoulos should be anywhere near a newsroom. No way. And yet there are tons of Democrats who served in various administrations and on Capitol Hill and for their various think tanks who are in the media today. It's in the book. Tons of their family members who've served or are as Democrats, serving in the Obama or Clinton administrations or campaigns, and vice versa. People coming out of those administrations, going into the media. It's incredible. Jake Tapper worked for a Democrat. Jake Tapper worked for handgun controlling. The problem is they resort to form. They resort to form under circumstances like this. I mean, Fredo Cuomo... How the hell can he be a newsman? That's more when I return. Yeah! You wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of filter Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN.
1: Mark Levin. Tough as hell.
0: That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Hiring can be a slow process. Cafe Altura COO Dylan Muskowitz needed to hire director coffee for his organic coffee company. But he was having trouble finding qualified candidates. So what did he do? He switched to zip recruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates applying. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. And with with results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address dot ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. ZipRecruiter.com slash L-E-V-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin, ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And here's what 60 Minutes said last night. Go.
2: Tonight, 60 Minutes has obtained a letter that indicates the government whistleblower who set off the impeachment inquiry of President Trump is under federal protection because he or she fears for their safety. These rapidly developing events began Tuesday when Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi ordered the investigation based on a phone call between Mr. Trump and the President of Ukraine.
0: Oh, is that what happened? No, it's not. He's an idiot and a liar. Here's Fox News. A lawyer representing the unidentified whistleblower in Congress' impeachment investigation blasted 60 Minutes on Sunday, saying the program, quote, misrepresented, unquote, a letter from his legal team and reporting that it indicated his client is under federal protection. Mark Zaid, Z-A-I-D, the attorney, tweeted that the Fame news program, quote, completely misinterpreted contents of our letter, unquote, which he linked to from his Twitter post. The CBS program tweeted a brief defense of its report saying 60 Minutes stands by its sources and reporting on the whistleblower. Here's the problem. There are no sources. They have a letter. It either says or it doesn't. It's like my discussion with our friend Ed Henry. Either the transcript says what it says or it doesn't. It didn't say what he said. And for CBS, what they said is a lie. The letter doesn't say what they say it said. Now, this is basic stuff. This isn't even a close call. You have a damn letter. The letter doesn't say what you say it says. The lawyer wrote the letter. He's fighting with CBS, the guy who represents the so-called whistleblower. Says it's not true. And the reason he says it, because they don't want their client to be skewered on yet another point. So this prompted a more scathing response from Zaid. Is 60 Minutes now asserting it as a source other than the letter our legal team sent to him? Because if it doesn't, and I know it doesn't, then it is literally making stuff up. That helps no one, especially the whistleblower. The media should always accurately report the facts, he tweeted. There you go. They're lying. Now, in 48 hours, we have CBS sixty Minutes lying. We have the New York Times lying. Some other media outlet I can't remember. Lying. Just lying through their teeth. And this is uh, the pattern. Just like Adam Schiff. And I think about this often. Young people, millennials, are watching this. They're listening to this. And so they must think it's Okay. If you're a leftist, it's okay to lie. It's okay to lie about economics. It's okay to lie about the military. It's okay to lie about Trump. It's okay to lie about a letter or transcript. It's okay. The ends justify the means, right? Remember I said about the the so-called whistleblower checking a box that he had first-hand knowledge and he didn't have first-hand knowledge? That doesn't bother Grassley. He could care less. Guy's trying to take down the president. He already lied on the... So what? Hey, look. You know, we have to defend this guy. Uh, we have, Shut up, you idiot. Had enough of you. I had enough of you 10 years ago. Here's Catherine Herridge on the Fox News Channel last night. Cut, 10, go
3: in letters to the intelligence community watchdog michael atkinson house and senate republicans zeroed in on this whistleblower complaint form and what they described as a recent change that appeared to lower the standard to secondhand information House Republicans asked Atkinson to preserve records documenting the reported change, the timeline, and who apparently signed off, quote, The timing of the removal of the first-hand information requirement raises questions about potential connections to this whistleblower's complaint. This timing, along with numerous apparent leaks of classified information about the contents of this complaint, also raised questions about potential criminality in the handling of these matters. The president tweeted his criticism, asking, quote, who changed the longstanding whistleblower rules just before submittal of the fake whistleblower report? Drain the swamp. The federalist first reported on the forms Friday. And since then, other forms and analysis have surfaced that indicate there may not be a new hurdle. Based on the underlying statute, a former prosecutor and Fox News contributor said the preference was always for a direct account, indicating secondhand information might not go very far.
2: The statute has not been changed. So the statute always allowed secondhand information, but what the statute requires is for the IG to make a determination about credibility and whether something raises what they call an urgent concern under the statute.
3: A U.S. government official said the intelligence community watchdog has independent authority to administer the program, including changes to the complaint form. Fox News reached out to the ICIG press office and in the last few minutes received this statement. "Quote The whistleblower submitted the appropriate disclosure of urgent concern form that was in effect as of August 12, 2019 and had been used by the ICIG since May 24, 2018. The whistleblower stated on the form that he or she possessed both firsthand and other information. It's worth noting that the first-hand reference appears to be different than the whistleblower. Complaint. Oh, yeah, he didn't have
0: first-hand information. What's with this Inspector General? You notice how this guy is uh, is shilling for the complainant? You notice how this Inspector General, while well, he was appointed by Trump, doesn't matter. It's like saying Mueller's a Republican. When you're appointing people like an inspector general or something like that, you don't really know their politics. Not all the time. So who cares? It's not, it doesn't matter who appointed him. It matters what he's doing. And he's running interference. That's what he's doing. You see? This is why Nancy Pelosi's in a rush. She wants to do this as fast as possible. She doesn't want the facts to catch up with what she's doing. I hear people say, hey, let's wait for the facts. Uh, That's like saying in the Soviet Union, let's wait for the facts or some other tyranny. Nancy Pelosi isn't following really a democratic path or a legal path. So we should wait for Nancy Pelosi to finish, huh? Wait till Congress gets to the bottom of this. Congress is not doing it. The Democrat Party's doing it. The Democrats on the committees are doing it. The Democrats on the committees are issuing subpoenas. Not the House, not the committees. They're wrapping themselves in these institutions that they have hijacked. Mark, Dummy Lemon says you're just a right-winger. You're just running around with the facts. Who cares what Dummy Lemon says? I don't have a lawsuit accusing me of the stuff that's accused him of. Do we, Mr. Producer? No. You want to see a rock of Gibraltar here? The great Mitch McConnell, double M, up for re-election in Kentucky. I want you to listen to him, and then after the break, I want you to listen to my, my reply, which actually was made probably before he made this statement, but I'm not, not clear on that. He's on CNBC yesterday. See, Sunday is a big propaganda day for the left. It's a big propaganda day for the Rhinos. They live for Sundays because they tape most of it on Friday. They live for Sundays. Not all of it, but a lot of it. And I'll tell you what's funny. Life, Liberty, and Levin, second week in a row, had 1.5 million viewers at 10 p.m. Eastern time at night up against a good football game. Same with the week before gets no publicity whatsoever, and that's not even my point. In other words, it is, it is the most groundbreaking program with the most groundbreaking format in recent cable history. At 10 at night, for God's sakes, on the East Coast. <coughs> and we get more viewers than primetime CNN. It's usually the first, second, or third highest rated Sunday program on Fox. It's incredible. Gets no attention, but that's not why I'm mentioning it. These other Sunday shows get no viewers. Minimal. Minimal. They're tu- people are tuning out. They're tuning out on these news programs. But for... The segregation of opinion on the conservative side, wherever these, these opinion hosts show up, these these stations that have no ratings. None. Anyway, circle back. Mitch McConnell on CNBC yesterday. I want you to listen very closely. Go ahead.
3: What does happen in the Senate if the House does gets, get through with this inquiry and decide that they are going to impeach President Trump?
1: Well, under the Senate rules, we're required to take it up if the House does uh, go down that path, and we'll follow the Senate rules. There had been some discussion about,
2: I mean, people literally going back to the Constitution and arguing there is no mandatory act on behalf of the Senate. Looking back at an interview that you gave in March saying you'd have no choice but to have a Senate trial if the House passed an article or more, but you're saying that if they did, the Senate would move ahead.
1: Yeah, it's it's a Senate rule related to impeachment. It would take 67 votes to change, so I would have no choice but to take it up. Uh, How long you're on it is a whole different matter, but I would have no choice uh, but to take it up, based on a Senate rule on impeachment.
0: So what's happening is Pelosi and the Democrats in the House are not following traditional procedures that we've talked about ad nauseum, so now it's being regurgitated by the throat crowd on the second tier of this business. And you haven't had a vote on the floor of the House. Nancy Pelosi just fascistically announced that we're now going to have a formal House impeachment inquiry. Nothing had changed. That's what she did. And now she has her six committee Politburo chiefs going at it. And the Republicans have no role whatsoever. This is not the way it's worked in the past where the body politic participates and where your representative has to go on record, and they have to participate one way or another. Nancy Pelosi has killed that. So this is purely a Democrat Party operation. Purely. And Mitch McConnell says, Well, I have no choice. my part got the Senate moves out. You've got you to you do this kind of thing here. Because to change the Senate rules would take 67 votes. Now, he's not creative. He's not thinking out of the box. But I am. Should Nancy Pelosi be able to poison the Senate, too, by her fascistic dictate and her declarations of a House impeachment inquiry, where she's poisoned the entire process? So they'll get to a vote eventually. But where she's poisoned the entire process, should the Senate rules govern and not the Constitution itself? I want to challenge that when we return. I'll be right back.
1: Mark Levin.
0: With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet. approved loan or credit card. I bet you have. Pain in the neck, aren't they? If so, you really need to watch out. You could be the target of cyber criminals trying to steal your home, and more accurately, they want the equity in your home, and we're sitting ducks. That's because our personal information, home titles, and mortgages are now online. The thief just forges your signature so it appears like you sold your home to him. Then he takes out loans against your home and leaves you in debt. Before you even know it, it's gone. No insurance, bank, or identity theft program protects you. For pennies a day, Home Title Lock puts a firewall around your home's online title and mortgage to lock it down. Your home equity is your nest egg, your emergency fund. Now imagine it's gone. I'm on a mission to protect you, my listeners. So we got you 60 risk-free days of protection. Sixty. Please go to HomeTitleLock.com and your address to see if you're already a victim and also to get your 60 risk-free days to help you protect your equity. That's HomeLock.com, HomeLock.com. Now, turns out I'm not going to have time to play you uh, my response to Mitch McConnell, but I'll tell you what my response is. How much time do I have, Rich? All right, two minutes will work. Here's the deal. Nancy Pelosi undertook a rogue process where she and her party alone are ramming through a fake impeachment. That's what it is. It's a fake impeachment. All the rules have gone out the window. Now for the Senate to take this up and treat it as legitimate and then hold a full trial would be an outrage 67 votes, he says, to change the rules, to change the rules for a legitimate impeachment. If the Republicans were to say, and I know he's got problems with guys like Ben Sass and Mitt Romney, but if Republicans were to say, this isn't a constitutional process that she triggered here. This is a Democrat Party, rogue effort, dressed up as a constitutional impeachment. It wasn't done to Andrew Johnson. It wasn't done to Richard Nixon, it wasn't done to Bill Clinton, and I'll be damned if it's going to happen now. But instead you have immediate capitulation (coughs) by McConnell. Immediate capitulation. The Democrats don't work this way. It's terrible what's going on here. It's a fake scandal. There's nothing that has happened. Nothing untoward has happened. Zero. Zero. Oh, you know, he put it in this safe as opposed to that safe. So what? They've been doing it for two years. Plus, it doesn't matter. He can assert his executive privilege. It's not required to give up that telephone call. Gave it up. There is nothing in there. Nothing in there that matters. Nothing. Then we get there. Well, there was eight times he brought up Biden. Lie. There was a quid pro quo. Lie. He initiated calls with Australia. Lie. He was looking for dirt on Biden. That's what he said. Lie. All lies. Now it's... He's intimidating the, the whistleblower. That's itself self impeachable offense. Lie. Congress has taken up this matter. Lie. A committee has subpoenaed it. Lie. And on and on it goes. The whistleblower is so scared of his life that they've given him federal protection. Says lie. Incredible! I've only hit the tip of the iceberg here. Lots more. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. You know, I'm debating whether to continue this hour with this subject. I really am debating this because people get tired of it. But here's my concern. We get tired of it when they're on offense trying to take out the president of the United States. He's going to have no support. He'll have no defense. So we can't get tired of it. We're going to have to keep digging in here. There are a few other issues I do want to discuss. Top Iranian general, AFP News, says destroying Israel is an achievable goal. The Herald-Mail, China unveils terrifying Dongfeng 41 nuke. They can strike U.S. in 30 minutes with 10 warheads at 70th Anniversary Parade. This is being checked out by our military. Herald Mail Media. G hails China's strides over 70 years. They say nobody can defeat us. And then this one caught my attention as well. May <clears throat> catch yours as well. Over at Twitchy, a wonderful site, twitchy.com. Representative Rashida Talib, Democrat, bigot, anti-Semit. Under review by House Ethics Committee. And gosh, they write, we're totally shocked. House Ethics Committee money announced it is extending a review of Representative Rashida Tlaib, Democrat, Dearbornistan, over accepting a salary from her 2018 campaign before taking office. The announcement was the first time the committee has publicly acknowledged that the progressive, fresh not progressive, she's a Marxist, has publicly acknowledged that the freshman lawmaker is under scrutiny. House Ethics Committee Chairman Ted Deutch, uh, Deutsch and the panel's ranking Republican, Kenny Marchin of Texas, sent a joint statement, the probe does not itself indicate that any violations occurred or reflect any judgment on behalf of the committee. <coughs> that is how they talk among themselves. Well, look, we can't draw any conclusion. With Trump, he's a criminal. He's Hitler. He's, a, my God. You know, look at Joe Scarborough. That guy believes... Uh, Belongs in uh, in an institution with padded walls. Uh, the committee will announce its next course of action, such as potentially opening a formal investigation by November fourteenth. Allegations involve her twenty eighteen campaign salary, but she, of course, denied any wrongdoing. You know what she said, Mister Producers? The Jews made me do it. It's the Jews. Uh, But, of course, it's not. And then there was this one, which is kind of depressing. And I want to tell you a little story if we have time, and I think we do. The college fix poll, 8% of Democratic college students, 74% of Republican college students are very proud to be American. 8% of Democratic college students. By Jennifer Cabani. The vast majority of Republican college students compared to a small number of Democratic college students say they are very proud to be an American, according to the results of a new college Fix survey. The poll asked 1,000 college students, how proud are you to be an American? Very proud? Moderately proud? Only a little proud or not at all proud? Vast majority, 74% of Republican college students, compared to a small number of Democratic college students, 8%. Less than one third of independents, thirty percent, said they're very proud to be an American. This this is why the future of the country is at stake. And you know what? The Democrat Party has done this. You can't listen to the way these people talk about this country. The way they talk at these debates, and by the Democrat Party, I include the Democrat Party press. In fact, primarily, you can't listen to the way they talk about this country. And the New York Times pushing out. You know, the Nation was started in. Or America, in slavery in 1619. This constant drumbeat, you can't listen to this as a young person and not be affected by it. Some buy it and some fight it, but most buy on into it. 2% of Republican college students compared to 22% of Democratic college students and 11% of independents say they are not at all proud to be an American. So one out of every five, more than that, young Democrat college students are not proud to be an American at all. So last night we had a wonderful Rosh Hashanah dinner. That is the new year on the Jewish calendar for the Jewish people, historically. And um, everything's going just fine, minding my own business, the rest of the family, and a couple seats down, there's a young lady, she's in her Freshman year, I'm not going to identify her obviously, at American University, which is a really left wing kook college, by the way. And we get into all these kinds of discussions that Abraham Lincoln was a racist, and that, um, of course, Abraham Lincoln did more for black people in this country than any other human being before or since. But he was a racist So he wrote some things Early on Completely taken out of context of course But would a racist Lead a country On the most devastating war in its history With the most casualties in its history To end slavery Frederick Dulles was skeptical Originally about Lincoln but became his biggest fan So I'm listening to this first year college student (coughs) Excuse me. Then she was asked by the gracious host of the dinner um, Do you think America has been a nation for the good and the great or the not so good and the bad? She said, I don't believe America has been a nation for the good or the great. and he said to her have you looked at all those cemeteries in Normandy all those gravesites in Normandy rather which I had at Arlington have you ever been to Arlington it was shocking to me and my wife and my mother-in-law and my stepdaughter we're all watching this listening to this <clears throat> and you know with somebody else's home it's not our home and we're guests but we did aggressively but politely challenge her. And then her uncle's sitting next to me, and he becomes quite annoying. Says things like, well, she means to say this, and she didn't say what you said. She didn't. Finally, I said, why don't you be quiet and let me talk to her directly. And I said, politely, maybe you need to read a little bit of history. Shocking, huh? I I just thought to myself, here is an individual. She's going to a college in Washington, D.C. She's luxuriating in a society that other people have created. What is she, 17, 18 years old? She's done absolutely nothing to contribute to society in any significant way and has no intention of it, other than being an activist. She said she wanted to be an activist, which is so odd. So she's not very proud of America. She said, and I quoted the declaration, she said, a more perfect union. And I told her, you're not perfect, your family's not perfect, nobody's perfect, we're an imperfect country but we're a great country, a great country. Originally from the Boston area, completely brainwashed. I feel if I had a couple hours with her, maybe I could, could turn her around. Maybe not. I said, let me send you a couple books, if you promise to read them. Well, of course I'll read them. And then the uncle chimes in, she's a good reader. I felt like, why don't you be quiet for crying out loud? He was a moderate Democrat. You could tell. Well, six of one, half a dozen of the other, you know, I don't know. Anyway. So today I sent her by priority mail, a soft cover, paperback, because if she throws them away, I want to hold on to the hardcover, of Liberty and Tyranny and Rediscovering Americanism. Now they're two completely different books at two completely different levels. But I figured maybe one of them. Maybe one of them would catch her attention. But I i thought to myself, and I said there to her, if we create a nation of young people like you, we can't survive. We can't survive if people don't love their country. And I said to the host as I left, I said, here's the thing. You either have a a premise going in that your country is great <coughs> and your... Looking at historical reasons to back that up—not that you're ignoring history, not that you're afactual—I'm just saying that you want to believe your country is a great country, or you go into this thinking your country sucks and you look for every reason to tear it down. And when we have more people doing the latter than the former, game is over. It's over, and that is where we are headed right now, as I speak. That is where we are headed. I'll be right back. Mark in I will be at the, my wife and I, at the KRLA event. And uh, it's going to be in Pasadena. I have no idea if it's sold out. Nobody's told me. But you can find out by seeing if you can acquire a ticket. I suspect it is, but give it a shot. Tickets are available for Town Hall 2019, Sunday, October 6th at the Pasadena Convention Center. And joining me will be Dennis Prager and Larry Elder and Sebastian Gorka. And tickets for this event, if they haven't sold out, they're going to sell out very quickly. So I want to encourage you to check it out. Town Hall 2019, visit am870.info, am870.info. This is going to be a blast And I won't be coming back anytime soon, so you might want to check it out. My kids have now left California. That's sad. What a wonderful state. There's a very good piece by uh, Mike Mukasey, former Attorney General of the United States, former uh, Federal District Judge of the United States. In the Wall Street Journal, it says Americans often boast that we're national laws, but for the moment, laws appear to play a decidedly secondary role in the drama we're living in and hopefully through. We have some guidance from our foundational law, the Constitution, which tells us how to proceed. The House of Representatives has, quote, the sole power of impeachment, unquote. The Senate has, quote, the sole power to trial impeachments, unquote, and must do so on oath or affirmation. The Senate cannot convict, quote, without the concurrence of two-thirds of the members present, unquote. When the President of the United States is tried, the Chief Justice shall preside. It looks almost like a real trial, yet despite the legal trappings, the underlying standard, if applied to a criminal statute, will be vulnerable to attack as void for vagueness. In Federalist Number 66, Alexander Hamilton defended the Senate as a tribunal for trying impeachments, in part by saying that impeachable offenses come from, quote, the abuse or violation of some public trust, unquote, and, quote, are of a nature which may be denominated political, unquote, denominated political. Tellingly, during Clinton's impeachment trial, Chief Justice Warren Rehnquist was asked to instruct senators as judges, uniformly instruct jurors, that in reaching a verdict, they must consider only the evidence presented during the trial. He refused. Senators were free to consider whatever they wished. In fact, they were free to consider nothing. This is a point I brought out the other day as well. The Constitution imposes on the Senate no obligation to hold a trial at all. President Andrew Johnson was impeached on 11 charges, but it tried on only three. As for the House, the only governing principle there is that the majority rules. Now, I have to disagree with that. We've talked about that. The language in the Constitution isn't to just be dismissed. So we have a little gripe on that one, but let's continue. True, much media and political effort has gone into sometimes close and often willful parsing of President Trump's July 25 conversation with Ukrainian President Zelensky. Ironic when you consider <coughs> Mr. Trump's well-known linguistic promiscuity, not to mention the celebrated whistleblower complaint, which contains no first-hand information. Little notice has been given, however, to another document lying in plain sight. A Justice Department press release issued the day... The conversation transcript became public. That Justice Department statement makes explicit that the President never spoke with Attorney General Barr, quote, about having Ukraine investigate anything relating to former Vice President Biden or his son, unquote, or asked him to contact Ukraine or this or any other matter, and that the Attorney General has not communicated at all with Ukraine. It also contains the following morsel, quote, The Department of Justice team led by U.S. Attorney John Durham, is separately exploring the extent to which a number of countries, including Ukraine, played a role in the counterintelligence investigation directed to the Trump campaign during the 2016 election. said, while the Attorney General has yet to contact Ukraine in connection with its investigation, certain Ukrainians who are not members of the government have volunteered information to Mr. Durham, which he is evaluating. The definitive answer to the obvious question, what's that about, is known only to Mr. Dorm and his colleagues, but publicly available reports suggest that during the 2016 campaign, the FBI tried to get evidence, we've talked about this, from Ukrainian government officials against Mr. Trump's campaign manager, Paul Manafort, to pressure him into cooperating against Trump. And when you... Uh, Go through the miasma of Slavic names and follow the daisy chain of related people and entities. He's got a flowery way of writing. It appears that Ukrainian officials who backed the Clinton campaign provided information that generated the investigation of Mr. Manafort. Acts that one Ukrainian court has said violated Ukrainian law and, quote, led to interference in the electoral processes of the United States in 2016 and harmed the interests of Ukraine as a state. You see, folks, Hillary and the Obama administration used Ukraine to interfere in our election and to knock off Paul Manafort for reasons unrelated to the Mueller investigation. Whether Trump's conversation with Zelensky constitutes high crimes or misdemeanors depends on at least in part on what he was getting at when he raised the subject of a favor. He asked not about the Bidens, but rather about CrowdStrike, a private company hired by the DNC to conduct a forensic examination of the DNC server. The FBI took its word, instead of conducting its own examination, for the conclusion that the Russians had hacked the DNC. Neither the House, in framing charges, nor the Senate in considering them, will be prevented from subjecting excerpts of the conversation to more analysis than they will stand, nor does anything stop lawmakers from considering the word of an anonymous whistleblower that consists entirely of second-hand reports and conjecture, not subject to easy refutation. But they can also look into this, is the point. The House and Senate, by design, are unconstrained by any considerations. But as they labor and occasionally preen in the limelight, Mr. Durham works quietly to determine whether highly specific criminal laws were violated, and is so by whom. He's an experienced and principled prosecutor who earned the confidence of attorneys general of both parties including me, says Mukasey. Stay tuned. You see, ladies and gentlemen, secondarily, this effort is intended to derail Durham and derail Barr. That's why they're trashing Barr and their goal to to, uh, uncover what took place in Ukraine. That is why Pelosi's in a hurry.
1: conservative fire
0: the Mark Levin show call in now at 877-381-3811 you know there's something about this Adam Schiff that gives me the willy nillies I'm not going to speculate I'll bet he's got a very very big closet I don't know what's in there do you Mr. Producer there's something about him I don't know what it is. There's something about him that gives me the willy-nillys, and I don't even know what the willy-nillys are. You know, we're learning even more about Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats' plan to socialize our medical system. They want you to believe that international price fixing—term you're going to hear them use—will lead to lower drug prices. Pelosi's plan would set prices based on what socialist European countries are willing to pay. But what, but what it really is designed to do is move the U.S. from a care-based model to a European cost-based system. These are the same European countries where patients experience rationing, waiting periods, and denied access to cutting-edge drugs. Today, the U.S. has access to the most cancer treatment drugs because of a competitive market where there's an incentive to develop these life-saving drugs... It's the reason the US is way ahead of Europe in cancer survival rates. But that'll end. Cost based systems focus solely on cost instead of care. So if Washington bureaucrats and the Republicans go along with that and they determine the treatment you need is too costly, you won't get it. Like in Europe, if it's too expensive, you're out of luck. Well, we'll go to the United States. Wait a minute, we are the United States. International price indexing, it's another socialist pill too painful to swallow. Get the facts. Go to truehealthcarefacts.com, truehealthcarefacts.com, that's truehealthcarefacts.com. You know who else gives me the willy nillys, as they say, Mr. Producer? Stephen Colbert. He's got like this Spock ear, have you noticed that? No offense, but it is what it is, everyone sees it. He's the court gesture for the Democrat Party and a part-time proctologist, I understand. And he's a left-wing Democrat hack with a low IQ. He's got 10 comics who help write for him. But he did a little skit on me. It was actually funny. But here's the thing. You won't be able to see this. Just to show you what a cheap suit this guy is. He has a little fun with me, which is fine. Fun is fun. And he is, as I said, a part-time proctologist. Maybe you've seen him on Late Night Pushing His Home, Koloskinabee kit. I can pronounce it, actually. But did you notice he covered up the cover of my book, Mr. Producer? That's so cheap. So cheap. So here he is, from Late Show last night, Stephen Colbert. Go.
2: Trump! isn't just tweeting a lot. He's also been retweeting a lot, including this clip from Fox & Friends featuring conservative radio host and mean Billy Joel.
0: And by the way, that's funny. Because people say I look like Billy Joel. I don't know what I look like. I don't think I do, but mean Billy Joel. It's all right. Go ahead.
2: Levin. Uh, the interview got off to a bit of a rocky start. Are you okay right. with a president asking his counterpart, this is a simple yes or no, to dig up dirt on former Vice President Joe Biden and his son? Are you okay
0: with that? First of all, your question is not honest. So I don't give yes That's or no a quote answers. From the transcript, to, let sir. me finish, Ed. You have all morning. I have two minutes. It's not an honest question.
2: It was so tense they changed the name to
0: Fox and hey, I thought we were friends. <laughs>
2: We're friendly. Trump tweeted that video. Trump tweeted that video because Levin also wants to out the whistleblower.
0: I'm an American citizen. Now let's stop there. Levin wants to out. Shouldn't everybody want to know who the accuser is? Isn't that kind of basic stuff in America? In the West since the Enlightenment? Oh, it's a whistleblower. I don't care if you call him a kumquat. Go ahead to be the guy that brings down my president I want to know all about him I want to know what kind of dogs they have how many marriages they've had if they have a DUI I want to know if they're a partisan I want to know everything we need to know everything how many
2: dogs does he have are they cute dogs does he have a picture can I see the picture is he a good boy who's a good boy who at long last sir was so pleased by Levin's performance that he retweeted 20 tweets about Levin's performance.
0: It's not a performance, you moron. That's what you do. And I don't even have any writers. Do I, Mr. Producer? Do I have any writers who write jokes for me or write anything, monologues or anything like that? No. Remember when the writers went on strike and they had to shut down the show? (laughs) That's pretty funny. But that wasn't bad, I take it in jest. It's the book thing. You cover up the cover of the book. I mean this court gesture is like a thousand times smarter than Meghan McCain. Who's the other one? Houston? Is that her name? Halston. You know that Mark Levin, he used to, you know, used to be respected. He's a regular. I don't know what happened to him. It's the truth. Madame, it's called the truth. You might want to try it, but you're so busy screaming at each other. It's hard to hear the truth. It's hard to hear the truth. Like John Carl on Good Morning America with George Stephanopoulos. This is hilarious that George Stephanopoulos is even on a show like this. Cut nine, go. Go
2: in terms of this attack on the whistleblower it has been relentless. Of course it started by suggesting that the whistleblower or those who talk to the whistleblower are essentially spies and the punishment He is a of... spy.
0: The hell is it? No, 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 he's a whistleblower He's a whistleblower he's, not. Uh, he's relentless attack The poor whistleblower. We have to build this guy up. With any luck he's an illegal alien. We have to build up this noble whistleblower just trying to do the right thing here Following the law, it's Trump who's the reprobate. It's Trump who's seeing the spy. I mean, come on now. Just because he's a CIA guy who didn't see anything but is collecting information against the President of the United States behind his back in the shadows, that doesn't make him a spy. No. And the the President's relentless attack that he's a partisan and so on, that's not right, And, and his life might even be threatened. Notice they never talk about the president's life being threatened by the outrageously sick things they say about him. Go ahead.
2: Uh, Used to be death uh, and now demanding to know to out the whistleblower. uh, His own aides. Listen
0: to how stupid this guy. Death for spying. It's like this idiot congressman, Adam. uh, What is his name? Kingshead or something like that? The Republican. Kingsinger. Guy gets elected as a Tea Party Republican, then moves hard left. You have uh, Pastor Jeffries who says, uh, you know, if the president's impeached, it's going to be uh, like, like, a, uh, like a civil war. He didn't call it a civil war, a civil war something, he said, mentality or something. So this clown, this congressman from Illinois, a repubic, he goes online and says, <clears throat> I've seen civil wars up front and personal. I've seen how horrible these things are. And the president goes ahead and tweet this. That is beyond irresponsible. Hey, idiot. He's not talking about a violent armed civil war. The hell's wrong with you, moron? May I say that with all due respect? Go ahead.
2: whistleblower Part of a deep state conspiracy. George, uh, this could well be a violation of federal whistleblower protection. Oh, protect-
0: the president may have violated the federal whistleblower protection laws by criticizing the rogue CIA agent spy. What twisted kind of thinking exists in John Carl's mashed potato brain? That he sits there... Did they think about this at ABC in the newsroom as they were chatting up, eating chocolate-frosted donuts and bagels with three-week-old cream cheese? Sitting there, hey, uh, you know what I heard, uh, Frank? What's that, Carl? This could be a violation of the federal whistleblower law. By, by all means, uh, John Carl, put that out there, would you? Maybe the Democrats will pick it up, you know, our lap dogs, And they'll add that to the charges. We have a 1,000 counts against the President of the United States for impeachment. 1,000. And we whittled it down from 2,000. He's intimidating a whistleblower. You can't do that under the Whistleblower Act. They don't care who this guy is. As far as they're concerned, he's the second coming. Or for some, the first coming. The guy walks on water. Don't know who he is. Could be a homeless guy. Doesn't matter. Guy's terrific. This whistle... We've never had a man like this. This whistleblower. Oh, my God. God courageous, patriotic, genius. We've never seen anything like him since Blasey Ford. We've never seen it He's the Blasey Ford of impeachment. It does little good to have books six months or 12 months after the fact telling us what a jerk this guy is. We want to know about him now. And I can tell you this. I don't like this guy. I don't like how he conducted himself, sliming around, sleezing around in the White House. If those people who were monitoring the call, thought the President of the United States did something wrong, it's up to them to file a complaint. Now that we've read the transcript, there's not a damn thing in there that's wrong. Nothing. I don't care what the never-Trumpers and the quasi-never-Trumpers and the media and the rest say. My God, he brought up Joe Biden. Oh, my God! He brought up Joe Biden. Joe Biden brought up Joe Biden in the video. The New York Times brought up Joe Biden. Others have brought up Joe. But the president, no, no, no. He's out of control. If he wanted to get Joe Biden, because he didn't know that his conversation would become public, he would have said, get Joe Biden. I'm holding your money. Didn't say that, but those are the words they're putting in his mouth. Dig up dirt on Biden. He didn't say that. That's what the media do to the rest of us. More John Carl. Go ahead.
2: And is also the kind of thing that could end up being one of the articles of impeachment against the See, president. See, this
0: isn't a report. This is a request. Boys, I'm John Carl. You know, ABC News. I'm on Good Morning America. You need to add this to your impeachment charges against the president. Well, when I, I said you need to add this. It's intimidating, a whistleblower. It's against federal law. It should be one of those things. Pile on, boys. Pile on. Go ahead. Intimidating the whistleblower. Yeah, the more he tries to target him. Ooh, that was Georgie there. Yeah, the more he tries to target him. Yeah, well, we got to add that in there. Yeah, yeah. George agrees, of course. All kinds of intellectual diversity there, isn't there? First of all, good morning, America. There's nothing intellectual about it. I like the cooking part, you know? You know, uh, the more he tries to target him, the more that's an impeachable offense. Hey... Have you ever boiled eggs? Oh, yeah. Next segment on Good Morning America. All right, I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Billy Joel, I think, would be more accurate to say is a happy Mark Levin. Don't you think, Mr. Producer? Eighty-three percent of burglars admitted that they specifically look to see if there's an alarm. And what's crazy is that one in five homes have home security. Maybe because most companies really don't make it that easy. And that's why Safe is my top choice, hands down. Safe protects every door, window, and room with 24-7 professional monitoring. Around-the-clock monitoring is just $15 a month. One thing that truly makes Safe stand out is their video verification technology. When other home security systems are triggered, a lot of the time police assume it's a false alarm and the call goes to the bottom of the list. Using their video verification technology, they're able to visually confirm that the break-in is happening, allowing police to get to the scene 3.5 times faster than other home security companies. And for my listeners, SimpliSafe has a huge deal and it's going on right now. So go to SimpliSafeMark.com and get free shipping and a money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.mark.com. Simplysafe.mark.com. I hope you'll check him out. It's a tremendous company. Montage of media talking about impeachment since 2016. Hat tip, the good guys at Fox News. Cut 11, go.
2: If he takes the risk of going to trial and he's convicted, that could be seen as an impeachable offense. If he's not a legitimately elected president, in your mind there are tools that congress has to investigate and prosecute a political rival is in and of itself an abuse of power, and arguably an impeachable abuse of power. That tweet fits the Republican definition of an impeachable offense more fully than what Bill Clinton was actually impeached for. But I think we're in impeachment territory for the first time. In your view, does that rise to the level of an impeachable offense? The proof against the President of the United States in a pending impeachment investigation. In the law and in the impeachment process, a corridor or in this case, the Congress,
3: can certainly read between the lines. Whatever the White House thought it was doing to defend itself or to head off this impeachment is doing quite the opposite. impeachment,
0: Impeachment. 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 Apparently she has a new book out. I didn't know other than I saw it being hyped up on the Drudge Report there. Yeah, invite her on. We'll talk about her book and her. Have we been contacted by them? We have not. Okay. Invite her on. Use the uh, excuse as a book. Maybe that'll, uh, that'll bring her in. You never know. Uh, and that's not really what we want to talk about. But these are little statements taken since November 2016. These are all media statements or media guests. They've been talking impeachment from the beginning. They've done down what impeachment means. These are very stupid people, actually. With very few exceptions, and there are some exceptions, I must confess, but very few. To be a journalist, you have to be pretty stupid, really. Even if you're the best journalist, you're running around writing down what other people say. If you're the worst journalist, you're running around saying what you say. But you have to be a fairly stupid person in today's modern journalism. Now, don't get me wrong. Really good journalists like John Solomon or Brett Bear, guys like that, they really work hard. Britt Hume, I'm very impressed with him. I think that's three. There might be one or two more, but that's about it. But truthfully, to do what Jake Tapper does, or Cuomo, or, uh, or the rest of them, how smart do you have to be to repeat what everybody else says? And to use the word Hitler every third word. You know, uh, this, that, the Hitler... Is, was, as, Hitler. Keep calling the President Hitler. Nobody ever called Hillary Clinton Eva Braun. Did they, Mr. Producer? No, I can't remember anybody calling Hillary Clinton Eva Braun. Shouldn't call Hillary Clinton Eva Braun. It's not nice. It's not what we do. So we won't call her Eva Braun. But they can keep calling the President Hitler, right? Right, sure. All right. One minute left. Let's slip this in fast. Dan, Keystone, Florida, the great WSKY, 40 seconds. Go. Yes, sir. Thank
1: you. I appreciate you. And my questions are, I know Pelosi... Got one question,
0: 30 seconds. Go.
1: Is Pelosi, what she's doing is legal and can Trump deny all subpoenas because they haven't had a houseboat.
0: No, th- th- listen, this isn't really a legal matter, it's a constitutional matter and uh, it's a battle between the political branches and I'm showing them and telling them how to battle. But yes, Trump can fight the subpoenas if he has a constitutional basis for it. In some cases he will and some he won't. Complicated question, but I'm out of time. We salute all you heroes out there. Thank you. And all of you in my audience, God bless each and every one of you. Thank you, too. I'll see you tomorrow. Be well.
2: From the Westwood One Podcast Network.